Hello, Skywatchers. Welcome back to 7th Magnitude. Uh, I am Tim Collins, also known as Mr. Galaxy. And I'm Terry Farrell, otherwise known as Buffalo Sparkles. So we're, uh, we're back today, and we're going to uh, discuss a little bit about what's up and uh, what's changed since the last time we met. So the sky lo does look a little bit different. Surprise, we're starting to head into autumn now, Terry. So uh, these summer months are finally over. <laughs> now I'm ready. I'm over with summer. Are you? It's time for pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. I wasn't ready for the stores to start putting out the Halloween decorations yeah. in August. Right. But I guess that's the world we live in. Halloween comes early, but everything else does too. So, does that mean we're going to start seeing Christmas when October rolls around? Well, I remember the days of retail when I used to work in retail management. Come September, we were playing Christmas music. Oh boy! And see, my niece summarized this season up very nicely. She says, "Happy holidays." Oh, that kind of gets everything yeah. all in one. So. All the holidays, all in one. Nice. Well, as it starts to get mm. cooler, the other thing we're starting to see, at least astronomically, is that our length of daylight is definitely shrinking. Right. Um, I've noticed <laughs> that uh, the sun is setting in the seven o'clock hour now, which I was not yeah. ready for. And that usually means when I do the lawn and the leaves, it means I got to get out there <laughs> earlier because I don't have as much time. Gives me a chance to work out the headlights on the riding mower, right? right? But yeah. uh, with that, though, the good news is we have a uh, longer opportunity to observe the sky. Okay. So that's why we're here. So uh, one of the things we have is that uh, Saturn and Jupiter now are pretty much all night long. All night. Yeah. So you can go right outside after sunset, and you can just about zero right in on Saturn. Mars is still out there, but it's too close to the sun. It's kind of in the glare right now. So you could try for it, but it's probably not something you're going to see. And you'd need a clear horizon to see it by now anyway. Um, but, hey, Jupiter has come back now before midnight. So, yeah, so you've got a couple of planets you can observe. Uh, if you do have a telescope, probably good, like the refractor that, uh, well, a refractor, the reflector that I had um, that we showed earlier with the uh, safety episode and countdown, use that Schmidt Cassegrain, eight inch or better, and you probably get uh, banding, cloud banding on Jupiter. You get a Cassini division for Saturn, mm -hmm. so something you can see. But uh, that's the planet watch in the evening. We'll talk about morning in a minute, but uh, you had something you wanted to mention that's back in the fall sky right now. Well, in fall sky, <clears throat> this time of year, about 10 o'clock at night, one of the best-known galaxies mm -hmm. in the sky is M31. Yes. Kind of kind of why we talked about M31. We mentioned this in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. In the 1700s, was a French astronomer, Charles Messier, who went through and cataloged 107 fuzzy patches in the sky. Mm -hmm. To him... They're just fuzzy patches. Yeah. Kind of catalog them, gave them names. Of course, he didn't have the technology like we do today. No, no. And as technology has improved, he started resolving galaxies, mm -hmm. globular clusters, nebula. M31 is a spiral galaxy, very much like our own Milky Way. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting if you can get a telescope, look at M31, you're kind of looking at. Well, our own Milky Way looks like. Yeah, it's, it's almost like looking in a mirror right. at yourself. It's a spiral galaxy. And you do need a decent-sized scope to see it. 
Yes. Yeah. About something at eight inch aperture. Yeah. Yeah. Band. And that's kind of going to lead into some of our upcoming uh, blocks here today because um, we do have our very first in-studio guest coming. Um, we're going to leave that a mystery until the next block. But um, we do have the opportunity where uh, we do have people who are taking images of that galaxy, yeah. the Andromeda galaxy, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but, yeah, it should be very, it should be a lot of fun to start seeing that. And you can yeah. see it. It's, you can see the patch naked right. eye, you know, and that, that's what was so distracting with Messier back in the 1700s. He was a comet hunter, right? And exactly. So the reason he cataloged all those objects was kind of the negative side. He wanted to let people know those are definitely not comets. Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time. So that's right. how he got all those uh, cataloged. Mm -hmm. And it's just when you look at Andromeda, I mean, it, it, it's amazing because it is our closest galactic neighbor. When you say close, well, yeah, we talk about close is only 2.2 million light years away. Only. One, only. <laughs> one light year is 5.8 trillion miles. Right. So I have some homework for anybody out there. Figure out how many miles that is and put it posted to our website. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do I could pull no. out the calculator. Right. Or, yeah, we both have them, but I'm not going to do it right, right. now. It's, it's, it's amazing when you think about it. If you do get away from the city lights, mm. you don't even need optical aid, you can actually look up. If you know where to look in Andromeda the Galaxy, mm -hmm. I mean, a constellation, it's above the second star, which like a row of two stars, which right. we'll, we'll show this in uh, Yeah, we'll put Stellarium on this. It, right. The other thing I'd like to point out about Andromeda is kind of interesting because it has its own built-in asterism. We talked about that Correct. in the last episode. It's an A. Right. So you it's can't go wrong. It's shaped like an A, A for right. Andromeda. So, you know, it's right. like, it's a perfect uh, constellation slash asterism yeah. combination. Right. If you draw the line, connect them to sucking dots. Okay. Yeah. Sucking stars a little bit above. And find you, M31. Yeah, you've, you've got the, you've got it. It's going to look like a fuzzy patch in the dark sky. And what's what's interesting is, you know, when we were in the planetarium, we we could put the images on the sky. We could do this with uh, Stellarium too. But when you look at the image of Andromeda, that galaxy happens to be by her wrist because, mm -hmm. you know, we could talk about this a little bit if we have some time. But when you start getting into the folklore, she's chained to a rock right. to be sacrificed. And the Andromeda galaxy makes that cuff perfectly, and that that that's what that's there for. So it's a little bit off um, off mm -hmm. of her arms a little bit. Well, one but, thing we uh, should too also mention a pair of binoculars. Oh yeah, yeah. you yeah. could use a ten by fifties, a seven by thirty fives, mm -hmm. twenty by eighties. Obviously, the bigger the aperture, you're going to you know get more light pattern power. So. But once again, even if you have a small pair of 10 by 50 binoculars that you mm -hmm. watch a Bills game, right. a football yeah. game, you can look up and you can see the galaxy more resolved. Yes. But it's quite an amazing object to see. It is. Mm -hmm. And if you get it photographed, you can even get better resolution. Because right. cameras, obviously, will get better re resolution than your eye will. Right. Um, <clears throat> so Andromeda is just one of the constellations of autumn that mm -hmm. are out because Andromeda is actually bordering Pegasus. Right. Uh, so the great square <laughs> of Pegasus, three of those stars belong to Pegasus and one of them belongs to Andromeda. So the great square isn't really Pegasus. No. It's kind of both constellations. Um, and folks, the great square is yet another asterism. Right. Um, we're so full of asterisms. It's a pain in the asterism, right. isn't it? Oh, 
Did I just do it again? Uh, all right. But as we're talking here, we're talking about the same area of the sky. We can mm-hmm. see the asterism up there. Cassiopeia. Yeah. The W. Yeah. You know, when I used to work in a planetary in Buff State, I used to tell people, well, here's a constellation of one of the local grocery stores, the W. So, but you find that's an asterism. I, I used to try to see if I had any anyone in the audience whose name began with a W. <laughs> and then I was just like, hey, this is your asterism right here. See, right. look at that. And if you're at the right time of year, the W actually starts to look uh, like a three. So right. you know, when it flips three. to the other side. So it is actually or an M or a W, uh, um, you know, depending on what season you're in. Right. So or an E or for the that matter. That you're yeah. So you have that one. You also got the doghouse, King Cepheus. Yes. Yes. So that's so another pairing. asterism. And you find uh, some, you find what's known as a Cepheid variable. That's where there, where it was discovered in Cepheus, mm-hmm. and that's thanks to Edwin Hubble. Right. Also, um, this part of the sky, you're going to have the Greek herald Perseus. Yes. Yes. So Perseus, and that is the constellation we talked about last time with right. the Perseid meteor shower, and that's where we left off. So it's right. perfect, you know, all the way around here that we're going right back to where we left off mm-hmm. in the last episode because. Uh, Perseus now is fully visible. You don't have to wait for it to rise. Of course, the meteor shower has moved on now. We're past that part of the uh, we're, we're past that part of the uh, of the season. Correct. So we got to wait Perseus. until we come around to that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there there's uh, there's Perseus, and there's that whole story because um, Medusa. Right. Is part of that story too, and as as kind of graphic as it may be, Perseus <laughs> is holding Medusa's head. head. Right. Um, and I guess that's the abbreviated version. We were hoping to do the abbreviated version, and it it really is. Remember, we did uh, the eye of the eye of Medusa, and Medusa. in the planetarium, right. and uh, yeah, that right. was that that was something Steve had thought of, and right. it was it was it was a great uh, program to do, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Boy, I wish we could do that again sometimes. Sure. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Maybe we want to mention to them that person is holding the head of Medusa, mm-hmm. which is the star Elgo. Yes, for the is, eye. Yes, the eye, which is the secret variable. Yes, that is the eye of Medusa. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and it changes its brightness over a period of days. And the Romans used to be worried about that. Right. And that was the whole thing. They did not want to look at Elgol as it was brightening, so they kept track of when it would brighten because they were really fearful that Careful. they would turn to stone if they caught Elgal at the wrong time. So it, it's amazing how ancient cultures used to look at some of these, uh, some of these objects. But mm-hmm. um, if you don't know the mythology of Perseus and Andromeda and Pegasus and, and Cassiopeia and Cepheus and, yes. and Medusa, you need to, treat yourself to looking it up. Correct. And I don't mean like just watching the movie Clash of the Titans. That's <laughs> cheating. Uh, <laughs> Clash of the Titans is great for a Hollywood production, but I'm not so sure that it does the story real, real justice. No, it doesn't. Um, the, the story itself is in of its own right. It, mm-hmm. it is an epic. Right. Uh, so you got three different things going on at the same time. Correct. You can pick up any book on mythology. Mm-hmm. Any of the apps for from you know any astronomy apps that are available on your phone, such as Sky Safari is one. If you go in there, look up Elgo, it can actually tell you 
It'll give you the mythology. Mm. And it'll lead you right into the whole mythology. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Because that's what yeah. you want to know. Or even the internet. Yeah. yeah. The internet. Let's face it. Just type in the mythology of Perseus Medusa. Mm-hmm. And you'll get the whole Greek story. <laughs> it's amazing. One thing, too, you have to keep in mind, too, the false guys and stars are not as bright. Right, right. So it's going to be a little harder to find the constellations as opposed to summer and winter mm-hmm. when it's a little bit brighter. But it's amazing when you can go out there and see, actually draw the paths. And, and your summer constellations yeah. are still there. They just shifted right. over to the west. Right. So they're, they're moving. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least mention our zodiac signs that are out there now because now you know, you've shifted a little bit to where you know you've moved away from Scorpius and Sagittarius right. and now you're looking at Aquarius, Capricorn and Pisces. Right. So yep. now and Pisces of course comes up underneath the great square. So right. um, again Stellarium will show this. We'll just put the entire map mm-hmm. up um, while we're talking. That's another astro. The fish. The fish, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you've got, of course, Pisces is the twin fish, the twin fish, twin fish joined right. by the ribbon. Um, yeah. An entire mythological story behind that, too. I don't want to really get into that as no. much, but, Maybe you know. sometime in the future we can do a whole Yeah, story. yeah. And um, we should also mention, maybe this is a good time to mention that our next episode, um, we're actually planning on trying to film that uh, at our campsite. Correct. So, uh, stay tuned for that. So we're going to try to do that and bring that to you. We just got to make sure we got all the permissions and cards. Right. So we'll let you know what the update is if we mm-hmm. do it. Right. Maybe we'll do it anyway, and then we'll just have it in the can. That way we we'll have it. For maybe, we can do it. maybe we can actually go outside and film. Yeah, well, it'd be nice. I, I think it'd be interesting to show people what we do at right. the campsite, and because it is, it is a, it is an astronomy club. It's Buff State's astronomy club, and I guess that kind of leads us into where we're going to be after we come back from the break. Right. So um, we're going to take a break and we're going to bring our guest in and uh, hint astronomy clubs has a lot to do with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll take a break and uh, we'll see you in a moment. Welcome back, Skywatchers. Uh, we're back here now on our second uh, block here. Terry, um, you're not the only one here with me now. That's it. Uh-oh. <laughs> we have an infiltrator. Intruder <laughs> alert. Intruder alert. Well, for the first time on 7th Magnitude, everybody, we have a special guest today. So I would like to introduce you all to Mike Humphrey. He is the president of the Buffalo Astronomical Association the place Terry and I talk about all the time. Right. Now, now the guy is here. So, Mike, welcome to 7th Night. Well, good thank to see you very you. much. Good to see <laughs> you. Good to see you as always. So, uh, Mike, we're we're just uh, wondering and just want to get some conversation out with people here. Okay. So, um, could you tell us what BAA is other than the call of a sheep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if I designed it, I would have picked a different acronym, yeah. but that's a whole different... You didn't think about that then because... Oh. It's been around since the 1930s. Wow. And they started as a club to build telescopes and help people look at telescopes right. and do things like that. Started with the Buffalo Museum of Science. It was working through there. And it started to grow as people started mm-hmm. showing interest. Hmm. And one of the things that we have done is maintain that same kind of interest. So as um, people get older, because we have tons of membership now, 
Um, I think our youngest member is about 10 years old. Our oldest member is um, older than that, <laughs> significantly. And we try and maintain that same type of things as things come out. And we hear about stuff, we try and bring it to the public mm -hmm. so people get a better understanding of what's in the sky, how to look at things, um, the stuff that they want to find. So somebody says, well, I want to just look at stars. We look at stars, we look at planets, and we also try and answer questions too. Right. One of the things we have found is we have, uh, and that's our website, which is at info at buffaloastronomy.com. People will write in, they'll ask us a couple of questions like, um, I saw this bright light following me, what is that? <laughs> we get some other information, then we say, yeah, it's Venus. Mm -hmm. um, why does the moon look like that? You know, all sorts of questions. Mm -hmm. And we're happy to answer those questions. Um, through the uh, Buffalo Astronomical, we're also working with the Night Sky Network, which is the communication arm that NASA uses. So when NASA has a program, they have projects, what we try and do is they'll do briefings on those, and then we hear those briefings, and we'll bring them out to the public. The main thing is that people have a person they can talk to, and ask a question, hopefully we can answer the question for you, and get that information. So, so you get to be the go-between, kind of, between NASA and the public. In a way, try yes. to help out. Yeah. Translate. Yeah, we try bit. to translate. And we bring things, because um, when somebody, because I've answered questions for adults, kids, um, we've been in high schools, middle schools, grammar schools. Um, we recently did the kids camp at the Alden Gallery. And there's people coming out, and everybody has questions related to certain things, and we try and answer those questions so that there's a better understanding when people are out, and you were talking about Andromeda, mm -hmm. which actually happens to be one of my favorite stories. A fellow was asking me, he was looking for Andromeda and couldn't find it. He looked all over and could not find it. And I asked him, well, what did you look for? He said, I was looking for this. He showed me a picture, which is the picture that's on the box. <laughs> and I had to tell him, no, it's not going to look like that. It's going to look like a fuzzy ball. <laughs> he says, oh, well, I've seen that. I said, well, do you see Andromeda? <laughs> and it's getting people to understand everything doesn't look like a pretty picture yeah. on the box. And there's reasons for it, but it's understanding. Right. right. It's, it's the marketing aspect of it. So mm -hmm. that I guess that makes sense. Now, I assume that you do not do all the question and answering all by yourself. I'm, no. I'm assuming you have some help. So what when the members come on board, yes. what is their role? as far as the BAA goes? What what can members expect to do? Well, members come, if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to do anything. If you want to do outreach, you want to go out, you want to talk to people, you can do that. We're really out here to help people understand astronomy and get more out of the telescopes, help prepare telescopes, answer questions related to telescopes, binoculars, anything that's involving the night sky. So you were talking about, you know, the Cepheids and asterisms <laughs> and things. We try and give education on all of that. Mm. So when people come in and they say, well, I'm interested in uh, astrophotography, but I want to use my camera. Okay, well, we have somebody who can help you with that. Oh, I'm not interested in that. I just want to look visually. We have people who can help with that. So as a member, you can just come in and say, well, listen, I'm only interested in looking at the sky and getting more out of that. That's great. Mm -hmm. You know, we love that. But if somebody says, listen, I want to get a lot more out of this, what else can I do? Well, we do a lot. Of, and actually, we just did an outreach. Um, I know that you did. We were here with two of them at the gallery, and you were there for a single one. We did the right. gallery and things. And we do that. We go out to the public. We sit down. We do star parties where we'll set up some telescopes and just look at a night sky. You know, we go out to parks. If somebody invites us, we'll do a program for them. We do sky tours. That guy does a sky tour. <laughs> <laughs> and we just walk around. We show people, you know, what's up in the sky. So when people look up and they just see these 
fuzzy little fireballs. And, and they're looking at them and saying, like, what is that? We try and help them understand that. Uh, one of the biggest things we do is help people understand, is that a star or is that a planet? Well, mm. we'll tell you how you can tell the difference. Mm. And then it makes you the smart person in the party. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's more fun than people think because, you know, if you're interested, you know, you just sit out there with a lot of like people who are actually interested in the same thing. And I will tell you, I've told everybody, when you go to a star party, the one thing I've never heard if somebody says, can I look in your telescope? I've never heard anybody say no. <laughs> I never. hope not. <laughs> I all the years I've been doing it, never seen that either. No, you, no. you never do. Everybody's friendly. Um, if you want to see something, in fact, um, if you say, oh, I want to see Jupiter, and we're looking at something, mm -hmm. people are happy. Telescope over, and we'll look at Jupiter. You know, what do you want to do? We'll do right. that. People want to look at different eyepieces, we'll do that. You know what I have seen? I have seen people run away from telescopes if you approach them to <laughs> yes, look at right. something, particularly the sun. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the sun, and they look at you like, okay, good for you. I'm not. <laughs> But you but, have to tell them it's safe. Yeah, really. but even that, you know, we do things so people do things safe. Because looking at the moon, the full moon, oh. um, may not be the best idea unless you're using a filter because right. you still get that it's lit by the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, and explaining those things. Um, looking at the sun is absolutely not a good idea right. unless you have the right protection. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is people tend to look at the sun and then they look away. But when they're really interested, they stare at the sun, and that's when they have problems. Also, when it comes to equipment. Um, Sometimes people have equipment that needs calibrating, or they see that um, calibrating is really hard. And they say, oh, no, I can't do this today. Seeing the steps, and it's about an hour. <laughs> we'll say, no, we can calibrate you in a couple minutes and show you how to do it. Yeah. And it's actually a lot of the stuff is really easy yes. when you have somebody to walk you through the steps. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try and do, is walk folks through the steps, be able to do those things so that they can get more enjoyment and safe enjoyment out of um, looking in the sky. Mm -hmm. Even right down to saying using the right type of flashlights. Yeah, we don't want people to fall over and crash into things. So yeah. we do a lot of stuff, and it's for everybody. You know, the family can come out. You know, kids come out. Um, we're always showing people things in the telescope, and you'd be surprised. Um, the first time you see two things. Number one, Saturn. Saturn, Saturn is amazing. Mm -hmm. When people see Saturn, the very first sign mm -hmm. really tells me it's fake. But when people <laughs> see the moon through a telescope, and they realize that there's a three-dimensionality to it, um, I'm always fascinated. And I'm so, still fascinated too. I, I love the reaction because you the the reaction's the same. You can tell when they really <laughs> see it because you hear, oh, you know, oh, it's yeah. that small exhaling gasp, yeah. and I was like, yeah. oh, I can, like oh, you see it. I can share the best experience I've ever had yeah. when we were doing the Buffalo Museum of Science yeah. Star Party, and we were looking at Saturn. I kid about ten years old comes up. We're looking at Saturn. He walks out there, looks in. Walks away. Mother looks. Come here. I forget to give in. Come here. You gotta take a second look. Kid looks again, and all I heard was, "Holy, you can fill the rest of it." In. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And the mother's face was like, "I said, well, he's like, now he knows." <laughs> just probably one yeah. of the best experiences. But I knew at that point, same like you're talking. Yeah. It's the same feeling mm -hmm. we all got when we first went through the telescope. And then when you see things mm -hmm. like um, I was showing somebody Jupiter. We saw this little black dot, and they said, what is that? And they said, well, it's the shadow of one of the moons. And they said, that's the shadow of a moon on Jupiter? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And they're looking at it, and it's you don't see that. Mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of times it's not as accessible. Right. So we're trying to make it accessible. 
So, you know, very down to earth, having the conversations. But it's just so people can sit down and talk to us. Just like right here. We just mm-hmm. have a conver- mm-hmm. But this is what we do all the time. We have conversations like this. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we're regular people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about other cities? Like how how would it be able to find a local strong club? A uh, couple different ways. Um, I talk to a lot of the different cities. And one of the things that I personally do, um, there's the Astronomical League. And so um, this is where the chairmanship is located. So I'm the chairman of the Astronomical League for this region. And we have a listing of all the cities. It's in the northeast region of who has astronomy club. They signed up for it. And if somebody's interested, they can let us know. Oh, wow. Um, you can reach out to the local Museum of Science because most of the time, um, I know that the museums of science, like the Strong Museum and here at the Boston Museum of Science, they know about us. Mm-hmm. Or any planetarium, they all know about the group that's working with them and who's doing what. Also, some of the programs, too. Um, if you go to Night Sky Network, there's a calendar. And it'll tell you who's doing what and where they are. Mm-hmm. If you go to, and I think it's Sky Safari. If you go to Sky Safari and mm-hmm. you can type in your local, and what it'll do is it'll come up with anybody who's planning a local event will pop up at Sky Safari mm-hmm. and it'll tell you who's sponsoring that event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're easy to find. And I, I've met a lot of the people in a lot of the conventions. Mm-hmm. There's one large convention here that happens in New York. And I will tell you, everybody's friendly. We all have a good time. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. We just talk about things. So. Yeah, just an object, Sky Safari is, is an app that you can get for your phone. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you have, they have a free version. I think there's up to like version 8 now. Yeah. But <clears throat> I've had the various versions out there. And I always spend the money on the paid version because it's a lot more informative. No, I like the program. Um, I was one of the beta testers for it, so it was kind of fun oh, okay. doing there that, which was somebody hands you a program on astronomy and says, here, break this. And then you try and break it. <laughs> and when you can't break it, then they say it's ready to go. Yeah, that's so fun. that's why I mentioned them a lot. But Stellarium is something else, and you guys right. mentioned that. That's a fantastic program. I like it because, first off, it's free, so yeah. the price comes out. But a lot of people contribute. Like, we would contribute to that program, and that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you have people from all walks of life, you have PhDs, and just regular people just coming in and contributing to the program and making the project work. And it's available on just about every platform that I know about. Right. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I go there, I can see that it's mm-hmm. available to a lot of, you know, down to Linux yeah. um, mm-hmm. boxes, too. And you can you can create your own modules, too. Yes. Because it's one of the GNUs where you can add programming to it and then just put it in the library. And if somebody wants to download your your part of that application, they can download your mm-hmm. module and then add it in. So right. it really beca- it kind of becomes like the International Space Station, right? You can yeah. add modules onto the end and everybody gets to contribute to a certain aspect of it. Yeah, I tell people it's like the Wikipedia. Because Wikipedia is something that is contributed mm-hmm. by everybody. And what's great about that is everybody shares and it goes right back to the thing about astronomy. We all share things. Mm-hmm. If we see something, we let everybody know so everybody can train their cameras and everybody can do things with it. So mm-hmm. we like people to know about the stuff we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's a big sharing group. Yeah, yeah sounds like it. Well, speaking of, of sharing within the group, Mike, I know there's a lot of people out there, especially in this area, and they might not be able to afford a telescope. Um, is there a mechanism for them to get a telescope, can you show them how to get one, oh, or yeah. even maybe do you lend them out? Oh, yeah. Actually, getting access to telescopes is, is particularly easy. Um, the library has a program where they loan telescopes, and you can go take one out, yeah. just like, you know, which library tells you. 
to take it out. <laughs> most of them, uh, most of the light, I'm not sure how many they are. I think that the downtime library has five. And some of them have between one and two in wow. two of our other tabletops. Um, we also, the Buffalo Astronomical, also loans telescopes. So we have several telescopes. And uh, what we try and do is because the will of the weather here doesn't always cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> and because of that, we let you keep the telescope a little bit longer. So depending on what type of telescope, and I know at some point you guys have talked about the different types of telescopes, right. mm -hmm. but um, we have several examples that people can borrow, take home, try them out, do some things with it, and as long as nobody's asking for it, you can hang on to it for a little bit. So we try and do that for people. Oh, nice. And mm -hmm. also just uh, star parties. The great thing is you can come to a star party, you can see different telescopes, you can talk to people True. on them, because out of all the telescopes, one of the worst questions to say is, what's the best telescope? because there are so many answers to what the best telescope is. But we try and just show people, you know, here's you should get a telescope, here's some bad places to get them. When you buy a telescope, these are the things that you should get, like making sure you get a good amount, that the telescope does a lot of different things, but you want to make sure that you get something with a sturdy mount and that the eyepieces control all the amplification. And it's mm -hmm. not going to look like the picture on the box. Yeah, well, that's, that's the <laughs> biggest that's part. Like that's it. the biggest yes. part. Okay, so um, we're due for another break here, but uh, Mike, would you uh, care to stick around with us? I'll stick around a little bit. Yeah, we got a couple more questions I think okay. we want to ask you. So if you don't mind, we'll we'll, we'll hold you over to the next ten o'clock. So um, we'll take a break and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to our watchers. We're continuing our discussion here with Mike Humphrey, president of the DAA. Yeah, Mike, I do have a question for you. Mike, how you started in astronomy? Oh, I started like a long time ago. Like um, in grade school, I built a telescope, little plastic one, a couple of pieces of lenses, really nice little refractor, but I could look at the moon. And I thought, wow. this is really cool. And so um, I, I wasn't at a point where I had a double-digit age. I just knew that I had built this telescope, and I had a good time with it, and I just continued. And then we had kids, you know, every, I'm skipping a whole lot of stuff because I went to school. Um, I kind of got away from it while doing the family, and then now that the family is much bigger, kind of get back into it. Mm -hmm. I always had a love, though. You know, it's always, I always did things with the sky, always uh, just thought to be metal. And I wanted to join the club, but just didn't have time. And then when I had time, joined the club. Started as um, just a regular member, did a couple of outreaches. Then I became the editor of the newsletter, which is kind of wow. a blast. And did yeah. that for about three years. And after that, became vice president. And did that for about six months to a year. And then we had an election, and I ran for president. And became president, and we're doing that for six years. Six years. Yeah. Six years. I remember when you ran for the full disclosure, everybody, Terry and I are members of the BAA. If, if you haven't figured that out yet, we are members. But I that I think because well, Mike Anslone was president when I joined the club. Right. And he he was all he was already president and I was only there for two years of his term and all six of yours. So that means it's been eight years now. Yeah. I can't believe that much time has gone by. <laughs> For me, oh yeah, that 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 much time has passed. Um, so yeah, well, it was around 2014 when I when I came on board finally. <laughs> it, it took me a long time because I was so tied up in all the planetarium work and yeah, and, and there's was, a lot of stuff. I mean, I, so I wanted much. to do it. 
so many things happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah I, can, I can reflect back because I was president of the BA back in 96. Yeah. 1996. Ancient times. <laughs> but the yeah, thing was. 1996, not 18. Right. Yeah. 1996. And the problem was, uh, with the term I was serving, course, the family obligations, you know, works. I had to basically give up probably a few months of my last term as president. But I enjoyed it like Mike was not. But it's the same idea. I was a little kid with the moon landing. Mm-hmm. I still remember that. That's how I got mm-hmm. And same thing like Mike says, over the years, certain things got in the way. Couldn't do it. And Tim Timmons would have come back about three years ago. Yeah. And come back in 12, three years ago. And so I thought about it and I said, hey, I got to get back into that. Yep. And I do. Oh, and it is. It's a yep. lot of fun. I mean, it's there's so much stuff happening. Right. And especially now with NASA and everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the, the James Webb was really a, <laughs> yeah. a big kick for everybody. Um, I guess that kind of brings up a point because a lot of people do resist going to a club and stuff like that. So I, I guess what I'd like to know from you is – are all the members like hardcore astronomers and do they really just push astronomy at everybody or do they, are they kind of laid back and you know, no, is it easier no. for people to join than they think it is? It's much easier. I mean, we're, we're very laid back. I mean, this is how we are. We're, we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. We don't always talk about astronomy, but we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have people who are PhDs, but we have people who, um, best way to describe it, they don't know which end of the telescope to look into. <laughs> and, so yeah, we've met yeah. that, and yeah. we 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 reach out to everybody. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, because if you want to join up, if you want to do some things, come on board. You know, we'll have a good time. You know, you don't have to be like. I agree. And I hear that. You know, the white coat scientist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wearing mm-hmm. a t-shirt. I wear this out to some of the events. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we do that. You know, and everybody has a great time. It's very laid back, mm-hmm. very easy to get into, um, and you can go a lot of different places. You know, that's what's really nice. Right. I think a number of years ago when I was president, one of the members asked another member. Yeah. His name was Al Kojiji. Um, he's in the army. One member said, Al, why don't you ever go out and look at telescopes? Because I'm an armchair astronomer. We had no problem with it because if you wanted to ask Al something, he knew every single book out there on astronomy. He was book smart. Mm-hmm. But like Mike said, you put him in front of a telescope, you didn't know which end to look at so. But it's kind of the same thing. He said, you've got PhDs all the way down to yeah. the average person. Yeah, everybody. So it's, it's a welcome club. It's welcome. We have a great time. Right. Um, what we try and do is, one way we try and reach out, we're getting different equipment that people can try. Mm-hmm. So when you go out to the observatory at Blue Meadow, we have a 14-inch, it's actually E14, which is on a mount. We have a 20-inch Dobsonian which is the Obsession, which is a huge telescope. And members can use all of that stuff. So nothing is hidden from anybody. You know, nobody is like, oh, well, don't touch this. What we'll do is you come out there and say, I want to learn how to do that. And we'll teach you how to do it. And then once you've signed off on it, you know, Mm -hmm. you're on your own. So if you want to go out to the observatory, sign up. um, You know, we can do some things with you. But once you get signed on, let's say you want to go out and take a picture of the comet and nobody's going out, go out yourself. Open up the telescope and take some pictures. That's great. That's great. And I, I think at some point we're we're gonna have Dan sitting in that chair. And yeah. We'll, we'll get into some <laughs> real detail about about the observatory. But where is it located? 
for it's, people that don't know. Uh, near Java, it's at the Beaver Meadow. Okay. Beaver Meadow Nature Center. Okay. So it's not that's not too far away at all. No, it's actually yeah, pretty it's, quick. Pretty easy to get to. Yeah. And yeah. it's pretty it's pretty dark out there. Oh. For for a site around the city, you know, I, I, I've mm -hmm. had no problems with uh, doing the sky tours that you mentioned before. Yeah. Um, it is kind of like being in a planetarium, so it's second nature to be out there, you know, showing the, showing the constellations and with spotters helping me so I don't put a laser pointer on a plane. <laughs> yes, I do use my laser pointer. Um, well, yeah, we use the laser pointer. It's much easier. And it's like anything else. As long as you're safe, as long as you know what you're doing, mm -hmm. you can use those things. I mean, you definitely don't want to point a laser pointer at a Black Hawk helicopter. Yeah. That's right. Kind of right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. they will ask you about it. But if you're doing a sky tour, it's so much easier to point to different stars. Say um, you're pointing at Polaris, but you want to show the double on Polaris with an extra star. It's much easier if you have a pointer, you can point right to it. Mm -hmm. so kind of, can you see what I'm pointing at? So, no. so let, let's talk a little bit about public nights because um, by the time this podcast airs, they'll be over. Yes. Um, there, there is one more left. Yes. Um, what is the usual season for those? Well, public nights start in April, and then we end in October. And it's always the the first Saturday of every month. Okay. And rain or shine. Okay, that's the important right. thing I wanted to get no out. No matter there. what, we will be there doing the public. Mm -hmm. If we don't open up the dome, we'll still be there. We'll have a class or a presentation or something going on, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so we always have things. We have things for kids. We have things for adults. Um, if you just have questions and you want to see a presentation, we'll do that. If the if it's nice out, we'll open up the dome fire some telescopes, and usually we have, uh, like the last time, I probably had about 14 people out with different types of telescopes that you can just take a look at, go over, see what everybody's looking right. at, ask some questions. You know, we just have, it's it, it's just ours. Now, the, the club doesn't meet every month. There is a hiatus every year, right? So right. you well, do get a break. Yeah, <laughs> we get a break starting in, uh, see, we go to June, June, and then we stop. And then we meet up in September. What I'm doing now is I'm running. We tried to do a hybrid meet where we did Zoom and we did a lot at the same time, and it wasn't as successful. They didn't get the engagement I really wanted to see. So what we're doing is I would do a live meeting where everybody comes in, and then I'll do a Zoom session. So and that's the second Friday of every month. So with the Zoom session, I still want to do those because I'm able to get different people from different locations and people from different parts of the country who I couldn't necessarily get before to do speaking. So I've had um, a person who wrote the cloud game first talk, had uh, several people from NASA come in and just do presentations, and a couple of PhD students, and just general people who just said, hey, I have an interested program I'd like to talk to you about, so they come in and do those from all over the country. Mm -hmm. And then we have live sessions. So the last session we did that was live was at the Wentworth Ferguson Planetarium. So they found a very special show for us that was specifically designed for the astronomers. We got to see it, sit down, and see the things that we get to do. And typically, there's no charge for those. You know, we try and do it that way so everybody can get a chance to experience some of the other things in the country, or actually on our that we have in our locations. So with those events, and I know this this is probably dovetailing a little into our other podcast going on, but okay. we have the eclipse coming up. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the thing yeah. called an eclipse. You know, what, oh, really? what is that? Yeah, yeah. Is, isn't that what a barber does to your hair? He eclipses it. Yeah, that's why the moon just Yeah, yeah, eclipse it. Yeah. Um, so, are 
I, I, I'm not sure if there are going to be tons of members around for the Eclipse, because I know people want to see this, and I know we don't have the best luck, but yeah. um, we're trying to keep track of what events are going on uh, through VEC. Right. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll update that in one of our, one of our other episodes, but how's the BAA staffing for the Eclipse? Because we have one actually coming up that oh, yeah. will be just before we air this, so it's probably safe to say that the partial eclipse will be coming um, on the 14th of October. Yeah, well, we do have some people who will be at the observatory for the partial. Okay. Okay, so, you know, we got some, um, uh, we have a couple things going on for that, and for the total, we also have people who will be at the observatory yeah. and some of the viewing locations. Uh, unfortunately, the weather may or may not cooperate, mm. but what we will be doing is micro weather to figure out if the weather will cooperate. Mm -hmm. If it will, people are going to stick around. And we're telling people, um, if you're going to stick around, these are the type of things you want to do. Make sure, uh, for instance, Buffalo, we know it's going to be a hot spot. Because mm -hmm. Buffalo is right on center. It's the only major city yeah. that is. Yeah. Technically yeah. on the center line, right? Right. And so I've been speaking to astronomers all over the world who are coming here. And people from Canada who are going to be crossing bridges, uh, people on the thruway. And I liken this to going to a concert. Because we know the eclipse is starting at just around 2 Mm -hmm. At 3.20, we're going to be at totality. Right after that, everybody's going to leave. Yes. And so it's going to clog the roads. So if you're going to see the eclipse, um, plan on sticking around. For <laughs> I've, I've, I've called it the tailgate effect in yes. our, our other episodes because it's just the same way. Only this tailgate isn't a Bills game. This yeah. tailgate is all over the place across the whole country. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's roads oh, are going to That happened with the partial eclipse then. We were doing a bus day. Yes. Where everybody's. Oh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. We had tons of people. Mike, you know, agree with me. We probably have five lines, 200 people deep, waiting to look through the scopes. As soon as the eclipse was over, that field was empty. Yeah. It's like everybody was gone. Where did they go? Yeah. Yes. It's like. They vanished like the corona. Did the eclipse have something <laughs> with, their, to, to, with their disappearance or whatever? But they left the field, but they were all in the parking lot. <laughs> and that was the thing. Everybody was still there. You know, right. People were still going. And we're just trying to do things on education so mm -hmm. people know that, okay, when the eclipse comes, plan on being where you're going to be. These are the ways to look at it safely. Right. Take some of the ambassador training so that you can learn the most entertaining. You know, Because there's different things that happen with eclipse that we want people to know about. Bailey's mm -hmm. beads, uh, the diamond ring, shadow bands, all mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And it's better to tell people up front that these are the type of things that are going to be out there than come over after the eclipse and say, oh, by the way, did you see the... It's right. like, oh, no, I missed that. Oh, oh yeah. Well, now you got to yeah. wait until... 2044, you got to wait 20 years. Check it out then. Remember everything I say until that time. Yeah. So, yeah, we're trying to do that so people can look safely. The other thing is, and I know you guys have eclipse glasses, so we got our mm -hmm. eclipse glasses in January and started doing distributions. I know that you have them, too. And they're certified to make sure because in 2017, yep. the big problem was that people bought glasses. Right. They weren't uh, counterfeit, they weren't any good, and they had to be rid of them. But it meant that everybody went out to buy the regular glasses, and the price went from two or three dollars to about forty-five to fifty dollars yeah, for glasses, which was insane. Astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a high cost for those. So yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, I think we covered just about everything. Did you have any other questions for Mike? Mm -hmm. okay. I like this. This is actually yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. See you guys doing normal stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, it's
what I just said too. This is, you know, not anybody wants to join the VA. You know, don't be afraid if you don't have the knowledge. That's I can reflect back to when I joined the VA back in 1981 as a student at Buff State. Took an intro course in astronomy, and a professor at the time said, "Here, you want to know more? Go join the VA." And ever since, I learned so much from my members. Well, Mike, thank hey, you for coming you. today and coming thank in for and having me with us. I really appreciate it. It's great, great. great to have you. Um, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to okay. do the wrap-up. So, all right. Thank you. Sure. Guys, this, this is great. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back, Scott Watchers. I want to once again extend a thank you to Mike Humphrey. Yes, and the VA thank for joining us tonight. Because this way, if you're thinking about joining an organization in astronomy, by a little hesitant because you think you're going to be sitting there with a bunch of scientists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or I, there was a joke one time I saw that you know you have biologists, physicists, and everything. So why didn't they call astronomers? scientist <laughs> but that's not the case but you know don't be afraid to go to your local club yeah they're, they're all pretty much going to be the same type of thing so i think would be good there to think it's good for you to check it out mm -hmm. um if you're in another area than buffalo like we are um i would get out there and find your local club right. i should also let everybody else know that uh, during this entire time of our podcast we've been filming ourselves but we've been filmed filming um so we have a we have a uh, crew here from Spectrum News, so uh, we just want to thank Victoria for coming out and uh, giving us uh, giving us a little uh, a little publicity here. Right, our um, so far, we are the only one in Buffalo. So if you're out there, we don't know you. We want to know you. So let us know you're out there. Um, but yeah, so um, Terry, I believe you have something for us. Sure. To wrap it all up, this is a quote, one of my favorite quotes from Plato. I've used it before, but I think it's very appropriate to tonight. I've used Plato before too, Terry. They yeah, move objects out. Oh, Plato. you mean the no, guy? Plato. Oh, okay. okay. Right. No, just, I'm talking about the philosophy. Okay, okay. Not Plato. <laughs> but I think it's kind of really summarizes what we were talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. That astronomy compels itself to look upwards and leads us from this world to another. Wow, that's great. All right. With that, well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. And uh, we'll try to bring you another guest. Okay. That seemed to work out. All right. Good night. Or good day. <laughs>